podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, I'm James Baldwin, and it's great to have your company here on Oz F1 for another recap episode, this time for the Emilia Romana Grand Prix at Imola in Italy. Well, it was an almost incredibly boring race, wasn't it? We kind of predicted that it might be with a lack of overtaking with these humongous generation of Formula One cars. But our hero, as always, Daniel Ricciardo to the rescue. He put it into third and sharing a shoey with Lewis Hamilton on the podium was certainly something to see. At least he didn't forget this time. Stick with us as we recap the entire race team by team, as we always do. Talk about the wonderful effort that it is for Mercedes to win the seventh consecutive Constructors' Championship. I can't believe that. Incredible effort by Toto Wolff and the entire team. And of course, we'll talk about the television broadcast and everything else in between. Let's get into it. As always, I'm joined by these two magnificent human beings, Tommy T, Thomas J. Camp. Boys, another podium for Daniel Ricciardo. Things are Come building on. up for Danny. the Australian. Uh, as I said uh, in the intro, the second podium for him this year matches the same amount of podiums that he had with his last year in Red Bull in 2018. So if that's not a good news story, I don't know what is, and bring on McLaren yeah. next year. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just get your your overall thoughts of the race, Tommy T. Your race thoughts first. About time, Danny got lucky. I feel like all these oh, kind of situations, totally. he's always the one wrong side of a safety car, wrong side of a decision. It was about time he bloody got some luck. <laughs> yeah, not so wrong. just stoked that he was right place, right time. Like he still had a great race, and you can't take anything away from that. But a little bit of luck never hurts. That's true, Campy. What are your thoughts? Oh. Exactly, Tommy. You well said it. Danny Rick got some luck. I was stoked to see Checo Perez pit, and I was like, you absolute muppet. What are you doing? I think I wrote to the um, chat. I was like, do opposite of Checo. That's it. Just opposite. Yeah. Other than that, it was a bit of a ball fest, which we kind of expected. I've been yep. predicting it for a long time. Um, yep. Didn't see a lot of on-track passing. I mean, the faster cars were overtaking the slower cars with a bit of ease. But I think the only move we saw was signs on Norris early on in the race. Other than that, wasn't a lot going on. Uh, good to see Kvyat get a result, but showing for Gasly too. He's in a good mm. position. Uh, but that's motorsport. Suck it up, move on. Don't complain <laughs> about it. And, so true. Hey, life's good. It's a beautiful part of the world, though, isn't it? Uh, oh. I mean, three oh. races in the same country in one year. I think uh, the last time was in the US when they went Vegas and a whole range of other tracks. But Really, the weather was almost perfect. It wasn't super sunny. It was kind of overclassed and the the track was the right temperature. We didn't see too much in the way of having to manage the tyres. The softs let go pretty quickly. But uh, thinking of Kimi Raikkonen, who was just, if he had pitted three laps later, he could have got in under the safety car. He pretty much did the Ocon from last week and was just holding off, just sort of banking, waiting for something to happen. Um, But it just goes to show that experienced drivers, and we, you know, we love Kimi, and now that he's confirmed that he's signed on, that's also great. But can just drive these cars super quickly and also manage the tyres as well and not have to whinge and bitch and moan like some others. Uh, but uh, talking about others, let's, let's touch... Winched? Oh, I missed all of it. Who winched? So who do you reckon? Let's touch on uh, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton like lap three. Oh, my front left doesn't feel good. Continues basically the entire race on that set of tyres. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Mercedes. They'll be remiss of us not to talk about the fact that they have got seven consecutive constructors world championships. Uh, Toto Wolff was looked very very happy. Uh, an amazing effort, Campy. What do you think mm. of the Mercedes oh. crew for this year? Setting records. What a team. Two great drivers. The fifteen hundred people across their three workshops mm. back in Brackley. Uh, the travelling circus with them. Awesome achievement. Seven in a row, never been done. It's huge. Uh, they will probably go on to do the exact same next, uh, exact same thing next year with the same regulations in place for this year. Uh, whether Toto and Lewis is around, still yet to be confirmed, but mm. I reckon Toto will probably move away. Yep. Um, mm. And he signaled that last night, I think, in his post-race press conference. He basically said, oh, well, I've reached my absolute capacity in my position that I'm in. So... Um, I've earmarked a few 
two people that he's got to choose between, which will uh, take the team into the future. Whether he makes that decision now or at the end of the next year, who knows? But uh, yeah, congratulations to them. They continually, mm. continually strive. Um, to get the best out of the car, the best out of themselves. And we saw with Das this year, just good on them in every uh, every aspect. So, yeah. It seems to be the little things, yeah. doesn't it, Tommy T, that, that makes Mercedes as great as they are in the leadership of Toto. Yeah. What do you think? It's, it's easier said than done to uh, maintain that excellence because a lot of people would start going, well, I want my credit and I'm going to go to another team and show that I'm the reason that we're so good. But to hang on for seven years and keep everyone involved and they've had some losses. We've had people move on and yep. do other things and to genuinely to keep that team firing as well as they are is so much harder than you think. Like you look at other sports, maintaining excellence is one of the hardest things. One or two years is really achievable if you've got money and all those kind of things. But to to keep it going for seven years and hopefully they're going to look like eight, it looks like at this stage. Yeah. So. Incredible. Pretty epic. Uh, interesting point that you raised, Campy, about Toto and Lewis and in terms of where he might be next year. Now, the press conference of the weekend after the race, uh, it was said by Lewis that he's not even sure if he's going to be around for Formula One yeah. for next year, which was a bit of a bombshell to drop. Now, I don't necessarily think that uh, that's true. I think he will be with Formula One next year. It'd be silly to give up that drive and a chance to absolutely smash out of the park a record uh, like Michael Schumacher. But in yep. terms of what that looks like for his contract and for Toto, it almost is like they're playing chicken and egg. Toto's trying not to rush the whole thing and saying, we're just going to give it time and no one's in a rush and we're all trying to figure it all out. But it's like, guys, it's November. It's the 2nd of November today. Uh, Christmas is not far away and then it's the off season. Then we're testing again pretty quickly. Mm. I think yeah. personally we're looking at a situation where Mercedes want to sign Lewis for a multi-year deal. Lewis probably wants one more year. I don't think, to be honest, he's going to be around for the next regulation changes in 2022. I think that'll be his marker in the ground where he goes, oh, I'm good now. I move on to something else. Uh, but interesting that we're sort of waiting for one thing over the other. So I think Toto will go first and wherever he ends up going will sort of dictate where and how long Lewis will stay around for Mercedes. Interesting thought though, yeah, isn't it? Lewis would be stupid to not drive next year. Yeah. Because not that yeah, our world, nothing's changing really. Not that the world championship is a gift, but he would probably be gifted that world championship next year and he would probably win another nine or ten races. Uh, possibly yeah. more. We've got 23 races next year, so possibly, yeah. you know, 12 to 13 races. If we keep that same number of consistencies that he's had in this turbo hybrid era, in saying that, you've got to get sick of winning at some stage, don't you? Um, <laughs> he, he he talks about wanting pressure. I'm not sure that he, that might be a bit of talk, but I, I don't think he wants to go out and being beaten by Max for the Stappen type in his final year. No. Um, he could walk away at the peak of his powers and do a Schumacher and come back in a couple of years' time. We know he's capable. We know behind a, behind a driving wheel is good. But yep. oh, I think it's just playing games at the moment. I don't think they're really in a rush. He probably wants an astronomical yeah. amount of money out of Mercedes and they're probably going to pay it. So we'll see what happens mm. moving forward. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think about that whole situation? Well, it's a bit weird though, isn't it? He's a coin flip next year to basically win it. It's him or Bottas, really. Yep. Max would have to do a hell of a lot next year, and that Red Bull would have to improve a fair bit. So to be one of two drivers potentially winning another championship, why would he not? Especially when he's been so consistent this year. Nothing's changing. I'm with you guys. I think walking into new regulations, is just it seems risky. I don't think he'd want to widen it. He doesn't need to. If he's got eight world titles at that stage, are you going to go for the ninth when it's so unknown? like brand new playing field, you're getting older, all those kind of things. Does he want to start again? It's it's basically starting back at square one. He needs, I just don't know if he's He needs do to do it. the Rosberg, get out on top and then start a podcast, but then actually be consistent with his podcast, <laughs> release episodes regularly oh, and be good. He'd actually be very good on a podcast, to be honest, because he's got access to some pretty incredible people around the world. Oh, oh yeah. Um, oh, I'd be some... here for the Heineken ads with his dad. <laughs> like, that'd be better at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the not beer ads, not beer. Yeah. Who would drink not beer? Uh, it sounds like an oxymoron to me. I don't understand why they're pushing it. Anyway, it's that's Europeans, mate. They're weird. Interesting. <laughs> strange bunch. There it is. Talking about a strange bunch, and in terms of a really strange way to 
tell Danny Kvyat that he's definitely not driving for AlphaTauri next year. Helmut Marco is on his own planet when it comes to announcing things. Uh, he's all but confirmed Yuki Tsunoda from, from Honda, uh, or the Honda Junior program, I should say, is currently in F2 to step up into AlphaTauri next year. Uh, just goes to show, again, and this point that I will keep raising, that we keep looking at this young crop of drivers trying to come in to race for Formula 1. It's unnecessary. We said this last time around, either Checo uh, or Hulk, potentially now because of Haas's announcement and Alfa Romeo's announcement of confirming those two seats, uh, means that one of them's going to miss out. So surely you'd take both into the Red Bull family and then put one into AlphaTauri and one into Red Bull mm-hmm. Racing. Would you not? Cream the crop drivers, they're ready to go. Sonoda is a political move. They're trying to keep Honda happy to get the IP of that motor. I just, I don't like it. It doesn't look good. Tommy T, you said something similar last night. Yeah, I don't like it, but I can see that it's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, I don't know where Albon's going to go. As he keeps saying, he's confirmed for Formula E. He's confirmed by Tommy T to go to Formula E. (laughs) It's an unsourced. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) I I just don't see where he's going to go, unless he just falls into one of the leftover seats after the shuffle. But there's no leftover seats. That's my point. Like, it just... just, If Hulk can't get a seat, Albon's definitely not. Oh, it's so true. I'm surprised that... We've seen Giovinazzi confirmed. Uh, sorry, Camping, do go on. What, what were you going to add? I don't understand why Honda want to get one of their young back drivers in when they're pulling out of sport next year anyway. I mean, I understand that Red Bull wants the IP, but what's Honda going to do with it anyway? Everyone yeah, knows correct. moving forward that it's going to be a Honda engine, so they might as well just give it to them. To use... To use politics to get a young kid in that doesn't deserve a drive. It's just well, and he's going to fail. Yeah, no, but this is the side of the sport <laughs> that we constantly talk about and we bloody hate. We want yep. to see the best drives on the grid, yep. the fastest, youngest talent, whoever that looks like. Not Yuki Sonoda because he's not that good. He'll be another Takuma Sato like who shows glimpses, who's quick on his day but not going to be consistently there. There's other drivers in that F2 grid or outside of F2 that deserves that drive. Now, it's looking like Hulk and Perez probably won't get a drive next year because of the shit decisions of these teams moving forward. And it frustrates the shit. Oh, I just want to, I want to punch Red Bull so badly. Helmet Marco, you are a Muppet. So true. <laughs> it's true. It pisses me off. Yep. I want to see someone yeah. go to toe-to-toe. I want to see someone put some pressure on Mercedes next year. Not going to happen with Albon. And Horner's talking like they're going to keep Albon. Why would you keep that kid in the car? He's been no. a dud since day one. In the 20 races that we've had between the halfway mark of this year and this year, he's done absolutely nothing. He's never been close in one qualifying session. And in race pace, he's been that far off. He's had the odd result after safety cars and blind good luck. Yeah. That he may have had a couple of wins. He got one podium earlier on this year because he was shit. He was nowhere, but he came from nowhere because of safety car as well. Just pisses me off to see. Even yeah. last night, Albon was so far off the pace in qualifying and race to pace, couldn't do anything. Look at his teammate, Verstappen, going toe to toe with Mercedes. Imagine if they had two cars doing that. Someone Imagine. helped Verstappen oh, out. Yeah. Oh. And now they're going to pick up a young dud in Sonoda. It give me, gives me the shit. <laughs> Do you know it's interesting? We, uh, I, you know, saying that I'm sick of Formula One looking at the, the sort of the younger crop. It's the same with Helmut Marco, right? He has a lot to answer for in terms of the culture of Red Bull because there's a lot in there yep. of Danny Rick and, and the pressure that you know he's he's this king, right? I'm not really sure why he's the king anymore. Like he made a couple of good choices yeah. earlier on in the Red Bull pool uh, talent, mm-hmm. like uh, when he brought Mark Webber in, for example, outside of the the pool to to race and obviously mm-hmm. Seb, but. Just because he's always been doing that doesn't mean he should always continue to do that. And I think Dietrich might be well-placed to think of other people who are around the Formula 1 paddock uh, who have really good ability and talent in choosing younger drivers but also managing the team culture. Do you think Gunther? Oh, man, I just... Well, I still think Gunther should go to Ferrari as a team principal there. He's Italian. So, you know, he ticks that box and he would go in and shake everything up. All of the crap would fall out the bottom of the thing and he'd love driving to work because he'd have a much, much better car than what he currently has. But do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem very fair to me that all of these decisions Mm. are making... And to be honest, Gasly last year, shocking. 
This year, magnificent. You know, it's really interesting to see mm. that. Albon last year, magnificent with the right, the drives that he had, considering he was going to Formula yep. E until Abu Dhabi. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, okay, I'm taking over from Brendan Hartley. But even Brendan yep. was a good example. This is These are people who are wonderful people who drive really well in their own right, put in the wrong culture and potentially a faster car and doing the wrong things. Now, Sonoda will drive quickly next year because the Alpha Tauri is doing this, right? It's like mm. it's punching its way up to towards the top of the midfield pack here compared to the Red Bull, uh, sorry, to the Renault and the racing points and the McLarens. So they're going to be able to have a good time in doing that. But tell you what, Helmut Marco has a lot to answer for and mm. it's, it's not all good news. And we've seen that with obviously our boy, Danny Rick having to leave the paddock. Well, they're just not, a ne- they're not an easy team to deal with. Yeah. I bet you they're wishing they could do that. Everyone on the grid can't stand dealing with them. They, walk around the paddock like they should have Ferrari's power, but they don't. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Bet you they look back at that lineup, don't they? And they go, wow, we had Danny Ricciardo oh. and Max. They go, geez, we Carlos shouldn't have stuffed Sons that up. and Max Verstappen. Oh, sorry. The four drivers. <laughs> oh, yeah. what a team. What a team. Yeah. They had such a good junior program and yeah. now they've all just got rid of them all. Yeah, like, but I mean, what good, a waste. the fact that they sort of, you know, dropped Carlos Sainz there and he had to sort his own life out going to Renault and ultimately McLaren and Ferrari, it's ended up better for him anyway because come 2022, and I hope, I genuinely hope this, Ferrari will sort their lives out again and be a competitor up to the very top. And we might even see the resurgence of Ferrari as the, the winning team and the winning car and Red Bull, you know, drop towards the mid-pack. You don't know. All right, boys. Well, this is a, a yeah. new part of the podcast. Uh, we're going to have a question each week from one of our followers slash listeners. This time is from Dave Munnis, who Tommy T says is a massive suck-up. So there you go, Dave. How about that? Such a suck-up, <laughs> Dave. Come on, mate. Uh, no, this is, this is great. <laughs> we, we love this. Um, he asks, he's keen for an update on the Melbourne Grand Prix, given that the GT Intercontinental at Bathurst is cancelled for, for January. Uh, indeed, actually, the, the TCR Australia touring car race has announced its calendar for 2021 and there is no mention of uh, Albert Park at all. There seems to be a Phillip Island race in February but nothing in March which uh, is sad for me because TCR is one of those things that I want to keep an eye on in terms of how it looks and the S5000. I think they're going to be looking good. But Tommy T, uh, there is a statement from OzGP and of course you were covering this last time. (laughs) I know. I've put it down on paper (laughs) for you so all you have to do is read it. <laughs> but uh, this is who wrote the statement. This is a, this is an easily accessible statement, mate? Dave. Uh, so we did. Uh, I did put in a a request for information to the OSGP. They haven't come back to me, but when they come back to me with a little bit more information, uh, we can get that. But Tommy T, basically, it's saying that it is confirmed yes. for the same. <laughs> we should yes, ask but it. we don't know for when. the same time. We should slot. ask the OSGP's official podcast. You should do that. Like yeah, I'm sure they'll definitely <laughs> they look at us and go, "Well, I really want to reply to these guys who." Can't Constantly bash us, uh, and for good reason, to be fair. Um, but to be honest, they get all of the stars. Well, we've been going for what two years and had zero interviews. They've been going for five minutes and had like your Mark Weber and, and Daniel Ricciardo and stuff. All right, let's. But, good on him. He's a good guy. It's not a bad podcast. Uh, terrible interviews though. Okay, so that's that's the good news, right? So, the, but the, Nico Rosberg, the, the second part Australian of equivalent. the second part of that uh, Sorry, question is if we're going to the pub afterwards, and of course the answer is yes. Uh, yep, <laughs> uh, of course, and, and before. <laughs> And during, to be honest, Campy's going to get all that yeah. free stuff. Remember, Listen, that's the entire reason he wants yeah, media passes. If James going to go no, no, up no, with some no, hospitality, no. we'd be sorted. We wouldn't have to leave. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's exciting news for Australian fans. Uh, it looks like it's going to be the first race of the year in March. Uh, all of that is going to be fleshed out, but that's what OzGP is saying. So that's good news for us. We'll see that uh, in next Daniel year. Ricciardo oh. in a Mercedes-powered McLaren. Oh, it's going to be so yes, good. thank you. So yeah. good. I, don't, oh, I, st- I still don't think we can get the race. I think they'll just have to suck it up and deal with it. The weight of Australia will have to say, just shut up, Dandrews, and let it happen. <laughs> don't, it's coming anyway. I don't care. Um, it might be there, but it might be in Melbourne, but there'll be no fans. No, but that look, that to be honest, that's pretty typical of what we're seeing. You know, there's be there'll be occasional tracks. Watch it in a good time zone. Yeah, geez, wouldn't that be nice? I'm pretty sick of just set staying up, up. Just set up little pubs outside around the whole track and then have 25 people at each pub. <laughs> there you go. Geez, that sounds like an effective business model that's really going to help them survive. Okay, Tommy T, uh, let's let's talk about the, uh, the TV broadcast uh, for your review uh, of this weekend. It's a, it's a 
There wasn't much, but I want to go straight to the flyover because that was one of the better ones we've seen. Give it us, wasn't a hell of a lot, though, to be honest. Really? Well, look, it, it wasn't was one much for we the... Didn't even get, we didn't even get the red, white, and... Uh, Green. We're almost at Poland. Uh, yeah, look, the, I mean, the flight pass was good. The Eurofighters, at least, as I said, the first time around when we were at uh, Monza, it wasn't just the uh, Aeromachies because they then stayed in the sky. But they only did it once and then they bug it off again. Yeah. Normally, I like it when they keep coming past and Martin Brundle really has to struggle to talk to whoever yeah. he's talking to. Generally, Simon Lazerby these days. Um, but in terms of the presenters this weekend obviously we had Karun Chandok uh, which is not ideal but he was at the Skypad which meant he wasn't always behind yeah. a microphone so he couldn't not get the bad. Skypad to work for a bit as well I don't know if that what was a Skypad's surprise. fault or his fault but <laughs> who are we going to yeah. blame I think we'll blame Karun there you go uh, yeah <laughs> but I, I don't know he doesn't really have much to add most of the time. So putting him on the Skypad, I don't know what we were going to get other than him talking about his driving career oh, and all it was was when I'm racing here I do this it's like <laughs> Every time. Uh, Every time. What, <laughs> what was the debate about whether all the drivers had been around in a racing car? Uh, there was a bit of discussion about if Bottas had actually uh, been geez. in a racing car. He'd been in a fast car, but no. Oh. Ted was on a tangent, right? He was like, he was going, and then I don't understand what's going on with Crofty. I've said this every bloody time. Yeah. He just has a want to have a crack at Ted. He's like, I don't think so, Ted. Ted's like, mate, he I'm had a in lot a flow. of Ted Can you just specials shut up? this week, didn't he? Was he good. did one with uh, Alpha Tori. That was yep. interesting. That was really great. Yeah. Although I'm disappointed Brown's they didn't tossed. show the finance and HR department. Oh, Jeez, dang. guys, come on, really. <laughs> he was just stoked on that big lift. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one they've got at Ikea, mate. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but give us a score. So overall for this weekend and uh, I think because of the limited Karun, I think we're getting a seven. Yeah, pretty look, good. it was pretty what good. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. What about the national anthem compared to the Russian one? It's not as good. It was good. The intro no. the intro's I mean, about seventeen good. minutes. Ru- it's like when does this start? Should we I go? The, away? We had the Come three tenors in? bloody going off their head singing it. To be honest, no, that was I pretty thought, good. Look, I enjoyed that part. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, in comparison to the Russians, I don't think it was as good, but I like, actually, the Russians are like I like wedding te- ceremony, short and sharp, get it on with it. <laughs> Said like a true wedding photographer. <laughs> right, Get on with it. Right, you're done. Out you go. Uh, all right, boys. Well, let's talk about the races Ugh. we always do, team by team. But before we do that, let's talk about drivers of the day. Uh, Tommy T, your driver of the day. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, Campy, your driver of the day. Danny Rick. Good, and so is mine. Well, and if it wasn't that, uh, all three of us would have to fire ourselves from this volunteer podcast. Oh, yeah, good, good <laughs> It's pretty incredible. We'll get there. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about Williams uh, first and something that broke everyone's hearts, uh, which, of course, if Grosjean did it again, we would all laughed and it would have been like, see you later, you're done. <laughs> if you didn't see it, George Russell uh, warming up his tyres was hit from behind by Marcus Ericsson from IndyCar. He came all the way across the ditch in his IndyCar. And I tell you what, so no man, he was on Twitter loving it. He was like, <laughs> oops, I did it again. Britney Spears gif. There was like how to change location of Twitter like posts. Like it was, to be honest, the most he's ever done on Twitter. And it was Great. amazing. Um, but George Russell obviously making a mistake. Uh, it looked like the surface tarmac changed from a, uh, to a newer laid down bit of tarmac and he just oh. found it and booted himself into the wall. Yeah. Campy. What do you think, Campy? Campy, of course, uh, knows how to warm up a Formula One car very, very well. What happened to, to his tyres? Oh, he, he bend it. <laughs> every chance he's had this year, every chance he's had, he stuffed it. So he's making uh, those rookie mistakes of saying, no, that bloody unfortunate for him, though. He's the new Hulk, except with a podium, it's a point. Yeah. <laughs> and Nicholas Latifi in 11th was, like, very close. Oh. He was close to Giovinazzi towards yeah. the end. I think I it's like, going to happen. I, I just feel like this. he's going to get a you, point. This is the podcast commentator's curse. Tommy T's totally. like, who's going to come in and completely, of course, take over from point. George Russell. Well, Kibitza did it last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen again. 
He outqualifies everyone. He's never been beaten in qualifying, but everyone gets more it points. It was a Mika Hakkinen moment for him, though, wasn't it? Oh, uh, and head in his I hands. Don't, I don't know if uh, like EQ is measured for Stuart, uh, for like sorry the track marshals, um, but they need to know when to leave the driver alone. There were they sort of like two of them walking out to them, like, like, and he's hovering. like, "Can you just go away, please?" And he's like, oh, "Hello, <laughs> would you like a scooter?" Also, we have the world's worst scooters to move Formula One drivers around. <laughs> <laughs> The Italian track workers have form, though. Remember them at um at Mugello when they were trying to clear Stroll's car off the track? <laughs> they didn't want to like move their table with their snacks. Ten dudes arguing. Oh, mate. Uh, a lot of shambles of a country. Uh, it was also a shambles <laughs> Too of... Too many opinions sh- in one point. Shambles of a track as well. I don't know if you saw with the uh, safety car, the, the uh, lapped cars were released too early. And uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, boys, but Stroll's uh, on board. Um, he's gone past the safety car and the marshals are still on the track picking up debris and he is yeeting himself towards them very quickly and you can see the marshals go well, what the hell's that car doing there there's no safety car in front of it so I mean Stroll was having a ripper so taking out a marshal probably would have just knocked it off <laughs> let's talk about him in a sec because I don't want to get off uh, Williams just yet um, good to hear that even with George's mistake he was confirmed and rumours quashed of course uh, this weekend that he will indeed be driving for Williams next year there's no need uh, it was a bit unnecessary by Perez's camp I yeah. think uh, but just goes to show how much support this this guy's got. Okay, Campy, what did you think? Get rid of Latifi and put Checo oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Really, bring more money. Telcel's got more sponsorships yeah. than Lavazza, and also it's probably got better coffee, even though it's a telecommunications provider. Just <laughs> <laughs> grind up some SIM cards. I'm sure it would taste better. Uh, but you're not wrong. Seriously, like, why would you not? Yeah. Well, maybe that's the shock announcement is that Latifi's going. Oh, well, who who cares? Uh, and Checker no. comes in. But, uh, no, it was good for George Russell. Like, genuinely, though, we saw the yeah. whole F1 community, including Roman Grosjean, comment on George's post on Instagram saying, I've been there, dude. Don't worry about it. And even Lewis Hamilton going, like, you'll make mistakes. Uh, Mark Webber was there saying, you know, this is how you, you, you polish it and get on with it. So, to be honest, yeah. rookie error, really. But uh, yeah. good to see he's actually got a big fan base and if if there's one way to test it and cost a lot of money to your new owners that's the way to do it uh hearts were pretty dreadful this weekend let's be honest kevin magnuson ended up retiring because every time he uh, upshifted his head would hit the back of the headrest and get, gave him a headache <laughs> which to be honest and look jeremy clarkson it's tweeted this thing ever that's not a reason that's, that is not a reason. It's not a health and safety reason. It's just an absolute pathetic excuse. Uh, and look, I'm sure it does hurt. And it's probably not very comfortable being in a Formula 1 car for two hours as it is. But come on, dude. Really, like, the fact that you're driving really now for a seat for next year, unless you've been told no by anyone you just don't care, just retire for the rest of the season. <laughs> Yeah. At, least, at least get out of the car and fake dry reach or something. Yeah. <laughs> like or crash you know, into make someone. It look worse than it is. Go find someone who we want to be removed yeah. from the race and crash into him and so everyone feels a he bit had, happier. He had that classic girlfriend kind of reaction of like, oh, it's really sore. It's like, are you okay? He's like, yes, I'm fine. <laughs> like, just wanting to be like, we're retiring it. He's uh, like, is this a good time to shout out? He wasn't going to say, uh, pull me in. I'm writing again if you're listening. <laughs> Twin boys. He was saying Twin it without boys. saying it, wasn't he? That's such a good oh. point. Oh, oh, he did not want to be no, there. And Grosjean 14th. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a nightmare for for Haas now, really. They know they're going out. There's not much really happening there. They're kind of just showing up, waiting for next year. And indeed, the regulation changes for 2022. I really want Gunnar to have some good drivers. Like, like I'm oh. just... Grosjean, great. Grosjean did say over the uh, over the radio at one stage when he got knocked out of Q1 um, by like eight one thousandths yeah. of a second or something. He did apologise to the team. He said, "I feel really sorry for you guys. Guys work as hard as just as everybody else, and the car is as good as it's going to be this weekend. And to get knocked out by that, it's a real shame." Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think Grosjean. Is pretty reasonable. K Mag's not, but Grosjean's been in this sport long enough that, you know, he's on the journey with his team and everyone there as well. He knows it's coming to an end and it's the real, I mean, he's probably, he is sad about it, but he's, you know, he's looking out for the people that he's worked with for the last mm. five years and the relationships that he's built as well. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, sucks for that team. I mean, they're a bit like Williams last year. Oh, from mate. the start of the year, they, had yep. just, they just had to go racing 17 weeks and suck it up. 
with mm. you know and enjoy it for what it is yeah at least yeah. they don't have William Story hovering anymore that's that's a positive for, for them for this year uh, <laughs> Alfa Romeo they started uh, right down the very back of the pack and finished in the last two positions in the points they've got to be happy with, with that result and he kept stuffing up in qualifying he wasn't happy about that by the oh, way yeah, but, he claims he yeah. was in and, but what do you do I guess you know you can't yeah. call the, the third umpire and say well no put me well, back you can. in if you're Kimmy he probably well, did well you know I th- he was going through <laughs> with his engineer on, on the video screens looking mm. at where he put his car on the track. The, the issue yeah. is here and this comes back down to stewards and Michael Massey and the race director's notes and all that Can't sort of stuff. Mate. You can't, you, you've just got to set it, right? So the track limits are the track limits from when you arrive on the track. You can't have a one practice session really or a day and then change everything for the race the next day yeah. uh, or for qualifying in the afternoon. It just confuses the hell out of people. And to Kimmy's point, the curbs are the limit usually. So yeah. in this instance they weren't. He's like, why the hell is a curb there then i can't use it yeah like you can use the curbs in every other part of the track but this side we've decided that that's over track yeah he didn't like it he's well within his rights to be annoyed yeah. at that. what do you reckon didn't like it well and you gotta remember their view as well they're almost lying down their heads just as low as their feet so i mean their view of their tires and where it is it's not exact either so um, they can't they can't see the ground other than in like way in front of them, so they're lining up blind almost. And yeah. When Kimmy goes, oh, what's two mil? He said he could feel couldn't. the curb though, like and yeah. like drivers will say go. they can feel uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Track limits this year's been a disaster. It has it's been yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Hasn't it? It's just sorted out. It can't yeah. be that difficult to do it seriously. Well, I th- I think it's bring back the grass and the gravel traps. <laughs> no more runoffs. Yeah. Everything else is just, it looks like bloody Paul Ricard where it's just a whole big <laughs> car park they've painted. Yep. No wonder people run off track limits because there's bloody good tarmac out there to yeah. use. Well, so well, if they well. bring it back to a bit of punishment and if you go off and you go over, you're going to spin and you're going to end up in the gravel you, trap. That'll keep people on track. If you track. really want to see uh, exploitation of track limits, just go look at the highlights from the Spa 24 hours. <laughs> they are coming off oh. corners like 9 and 10, going the entire way out, basically touching the wall, coming back to the track and you'll be like, that's fine. So, but, you know, what, what? literally what is the advantage here when you look talking about those curbs? Because of the vibration, it's not like the car's got consistent traction going all the way through. There's that, that yeah. slight jolt. So I, yeah. I think you're right, Campy. Martin Brundle says it pretty correctly. The white line is the track limit, right? You got As long as you keep a tyre within that, Field for every track, the entire way around the calendar, if you just do that, fine. Everyone makes it work. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, if, you, if you're slightly slower in one part, well, that means everyone's slightly slower there. It's not that you're losing anything, but you just got to have mm. one rule, keep it there, and then just be done with it. Not yeah. uh, The track limits here for this, turn, this corner is different to this corner, but that's because you don't really gain. It's like you overcomplicating it. Wimbledon had different different rules for the tennis for the lines in tennis, oh, just than every other. That's what it seems like. They're I don't changing get it. every single race. I don't race. get it. Uh, Thomasjcamp.com.au forward slash. Give me a job in Should the FIA. No, <laughs> let's I talk more about. I couldn't, let's I couldn't talk about Kimmy. <laughs> talk about Kimmy during the race, Campy. He was awesome. Oh, who's that? Sorry. Kimmy during the race. Ah, what a star! The guy. It's a gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Yeah. 40 years old, confirms for next year. It comes down oh. as the two best drives of the season in the last two races. He's got something to be excited about. Oh, and unfortunately for him, he's not in a car where the engine's no good and yeah. he can't show his, his true his true pace. But how many laps did he go on that set of tyres? It was ridiculous. Stint. Ridiculous. And if he had stayed out two more laps, he would have got the safety car that he wanted, which was the worst thing um, with Verstappen crashing. Uh, which but just he was toe-to-toe to toe with right? the works Ferrari for most of that yeah, race. Yeah, he and, and Seb were pretty much there. Seb. Yep. That's bloody yeah. excellent. Yeah, but again, just I mean, he would have kept Leclerc. If he, was in, if he was in front of Leclerc, he would have kept Leclerc behind him as well. So. Yep. And it, but it was good to see him get some points in the end. So it's a shame though, because he could have definitely been fighting up with that sort of Perez uh, Leclerc crew yeah. if uh, if he'd waited three laps and put new boots on. Because you know, yes, Imola yeah. sucks in terms of overtaking. This dude is a king well, of defence, right? He knows where oh, to put that. Even car. if he just had a qualified, if he he was probably going to get through to Q two if he didn't have his track uh, yeah, time delayed. Yeah, he's time delayed. So yep. if he started a different position, like imagine, yeah. yeah. 
Absolute star. Kimmler, that's what he started. That was his uh, hashtag for the weekend. Alpha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tauri, uh, s- stunning start uh, potentially for the weekend for them uh, in terms of qualifying for, for Gasly. He really is oh, flying both. at the moment and so good for them to literally just be down the road from their factory. Uh, super concerning, of course, before the race started. They had the engine cover off and they were looking inside. Turned out to be a, uh, a coolant issue and a leak in the car, which is, of course... Not good when you're a Formula One car and Gasly having to retire, but uh, not when you want that power unit for a couple more weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's on fire last time around, so it's not really going well mm. for him. But his pace in this car still pretty consistent. Uh, Campy, mm. you mentioned that he was one of your drivers of the day for the last time around. Is it the same? Really? Could you? Well, let me let me say this. Could you see him going to a podium this weekend? I know we wouldn't have wanted him to beat Danny Ricciardo. Nah. Okay. Now, Danny, Danny Rick got him off the start. I think he, he probably would have held that position. And Checo would have got in front of him too. Um, in saying that, yeah, he drove – look, guys driving quick. Horner came out this week and was really critical of him, said, hey, this car's a lot easier car to drive. And Alpha Terry haven't got it right at every track. But there's two or three tracks this year where that car's been lightning quick. And they have they've, – they've made some runs. Um I mean, Gasly complained this week. He said he was shocked that Red Bull didn't consider him for the main seat next year. And I was just thought, dude, your performance in the car last year dictates your future you with this team. Yeah. Why would you even stay with AlphaTauri? Look elsewhere, you're you totally. You're yeah. driving well, you're coming back, but you're in a... I, look, I still don't rate him. I mean, he's better than... I think he's better than Kvyat. We know that now. He's still in that same par as Albon with me. So. Yeah. But he needed, I mean, another two years in that car gets a couple of results. Hopefully he can change across to somewhere else. Yep. Mm. And move his way up the ladder because it's just not going to happen at Red Bull organisation. I think that team love him. Yeah. I think they're all about the Gasly at AlphaTauri. Yeah. So he, he, he needs to stick with that, get a bit more confidence, get some more results, build up his own stock, and then he can probably try and get to a Renault or, I yeah. don't know, see where Haas is. Yeah, see where the, all these other teams are developing into. By the so. time twenty twenty two comes around, uh, he will have sort of solidified himself as a good driver like Checo mm. and, and Hulk mm-hmm. in that level, and he'd have more experience in a car that seems to be pretty competitive and have the ability to pick up the scraps and maybe get third, fourth, fifth occasionally, yep. sometimes first. I mean, when you're at uh, Monza, which was which was good for him, but again. You know, how stupid is it that Red Bull are saying, well, that's an easier car to drive fast? It's like, well, why is yours more difficult to drive fast? Surely you're the one with more money yeah. and you make it anyway. That kind of blows my mind. <laughs> Sounds like a racing as a, point. As a, as a, as a criticism, <laughs> like, of the guy. And then he turns I around and supports Albon. Un- don't underestimate Kvyat's drive, though. Oh, well, let's talk yeah, about right. Danny Kvyat because he, you know... Kvyat's, Kvyat's race pace is, like, time to time on the sheets is always consistent and, if not better, than Gasly's all year. Yeah, yep. I did some research this week and I went and actually did Ooh, it. I was goodness like, me. No, Please strap in, guys. Hey, we Kibiat's, don't do research on this. <laughs> I know, <laughs> dude. Kvyat's race pace. Kvyat's race pace is um, always – it's better, if not the same. Um, whereas Kvyat can't extract that one-lap performance that Gasly's pulling out of the car. So um, – Shame for Kvyat moving forward. He doesn't have a job. We probably won't see him in F1 again. But it doesn't surprise me that when his teammates lightning quick that he came through the pack like he did and made made some of the moves that he did. Um, Probably lucky not to get a podium in the end. Were you both worried that the torpedo was behind? (laughs) For those last 10 There was some dodgy overtakes. I was very nervous. I was like, no, they're both out. I was actually stoked George Russell crashed because it just it just enabled the safety car for another two or three laps. Yeah. And I thought that's what's giving like, Danny the win. is going to happen. Thanks, George. Yeah. We're in trouble here. <laughs> George but, Russell. Uh, and I was like, and then Leclerc will be on the podium, and that would just oh, be the worst. Yeah. Couldn't deal with that again. I could see it. Happening. No, but it's it. Look, shame for Kvyat, but I mean, he's made it. He returned when no one yeah. thought he was going to. So he's had a couple of years. You know, he's got his podium uh, last year. So. He's had three chances in F1 and most people only get one, yeah. not two. Yeah, absolutely. To have three, well, lucky him. Yeah. Well, let's talk about McLaren. They were totally off the pace all weekend. Didn't seem they could really 
sort of tie much together, but they finished in seventh and eighth, so not a bad points haul. There's one point between them, Racing Point and Renault for the constructors at the moment. Ridiculous how close that is for, for so third, good. which is great. Very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lando Norris apologising for uh, calling Lance Stroll an idiot, basically, <laughs> from last weekend. He used a few more choice well, words for else, but... Uh, Look, you know, fair play to him. I think there was a lot of... We didn't talk about this, but the the language of Max Verstappen uh, really caught a lot of people off guard and infuriated uh, a whole country. Um, And that's not okay. Like, you can't go around saying stuff like that. You can call the guy a dickhead. Max, You can go... Google it, Campy. You, you can go around and call a guy. Yeah, a we can repeat it on Aussie it's, it's a really – that's hard. Anyway, that's what has lent into Lando apologising for calling him a dickhead. Oh, and, but also it was interesting in his press conference afterwards, he was like, Lance does these sort of things and he never, never just, learns from them. Never learns from them. No. Anyway, that was that was just yeah. an interesting thing. But he seems to be doing uh, pretty well. He's, I think, as you said, Campy, last time around, uh, Carlos has now sort of picked up his pace again, picked up a luck and showing yeah, yeah. the lead of McLaren. Not a bad thing mm-hmm. at yeah. all by any stretch. Lando's got a big future in Formula 1 if he does all the right things. Can we, can we just get back to Max just giving us his real opinion? Well, I can't. That's what we want. That's what we want to see out of people. Real opinion and saying something offensive is not the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not. Is. Yeah, I'm not necessarily. I'm all about. I'm all about I'm not necessarily. He, he wants to offend that. the whole country because well, of one big head drive that shouldn't be in the sport anyway. He can say what he, he wants. Didn't offend Canada. He, offend him in other ways. he didn't offend Canada. I don't think they're offendable, to be perfectly honest. If you're listening, it's from Canada. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Sorry about him. <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever he wants. Uh, he can say whatever well, he wants. Well, he does, and he's Dutch anyway, so it's not like he really cares. He's, who's he going to come? You know, the Hague is there, and <laughs> he's not going to go. So, yes, I think you're right, but uh, it's it certainly what I was going to say. It certainly made it pretty clear that a lot of these drivers really either some really take a lot of interest in what the public is saying about them and some do not mm-hmm. care. And you've got the Kimi Raikkonen, the Kevin Magnussen, the uh, Max Verstappen kind of almost Valtteri in a lot of ways in that category and other people who, like Lando, he's got a huge online audience trying to make sure that he keeps that. It's just interesting. It's just another level mm. of politics that in the heat of the moment you don't even think about and why should you, I suppose. Uh, okay, Carlos Sainz would have been a little bit happier more recently, of course, looking at the case of Ferrari under Charlotte Claire. I can only imagine that they're not going to sabotage him like they're sabotaging Seb no. Vettel at the moment. Uh, Seb was in 12th and Charles ended up in 5th. Uh, again, completely different race car. Th- this is not indicative of Sebastian Vettel's driving style. And that stop. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Give me a break. Come on. Yeah, Come on, that's a setup. Oh, no, sorry. The guns, not working, the gun's not working. Jeez. Oh, dear. It's a bit of a clown show, really. Oh, my God. Oh, isn't it? You think they'd get over it by now and just start looking for it for next year? Oh, man. Oh, man. This is like when people start fixing bloody NFL games and start dropping catches. This <laughs> is getting silly. Yeah, really. But look, we've spoken at length about for I don't want to necessarily give the clown show too much more effort. Uh, but I will say I'm looking forward to Seb being able to regain some confidence with Aston Martin next year. But more importantly, yep. uh, well, you know, I think as your whipping boy for most of this year, Campy Charles is really outperforming that car of where it should be at yeah. the moment. His consistency yeah. is there, and he's even ham- he's always been able to qualify. Yeah, yeah, the dude, the dude can yeah, drive, can he? He's proved me wrong. All the pressure's off him because he's beating Seb Boss so much, um, and yeah. he's out. He seems to be out driving the car. I think he's got a better spec, or there's something yeah, better about that car than oh. the one that Seb's driving, yeah. but. Um, conspiracies of campy. Like, <laughs> I think no. I think we'd all agree that Seb's, oh. Seb's pace doesn't make sense. No, no. There's something um, funny going on. But look, close to him. Well, he's putting his car in the right positions, yep. right time. I mean, he's got a couple of podiums early, which was staggering. Yes, they're really surprising. Um, and luck, a lot of luck. Yeah, sure. Ones. But we weren't yeah, expecting to see Ferrari near the front. No, true, true. They are luck. But we talked about this at the start of the year. We just we thought we knew Ferrari were going to be bad. We didn't know how bad they were going to be. We mm. thought they might be the third or fourth best car on the grid. But not, not the bottom not of the gen, middle. Not <laughs> yeah, genuinely yeah. the sixth best car on the grid. Yeah. And the Constructors' Championship suggests that as well at the moment. I mean, yep. we've got the three that are within a point and then Ferrari's in another 30-odd, 40-odd points yeah. behind um, the midfield, top three of the midfield. So that's mm-hmm. staggering in itself. Um, hopefully they improve next year. And 
Yeah, it'd be good for so Carlos. I really issues, like yeah. Carlos. You know, I think he's a, yeah. he's a real, really, a really rather real driver. And there's no there's no filter yeah. on him. He's just he does what he does. He improves. He learns. He gets on with it, which is really good. Uh, again, Sab yeah. for Seb, Sahad. Can't even use the English language. You'd think for the podcast that'd be good. <laughs> Sad for Seb, but again, I'm excited for him to go to Aston Martin next year and, uh, you know, racing in British Racing Green is going to look bloody great. Racing point, can you please either fire Lawrence Stroll from the board so that you can fire Lance Stroll or somehow remove him from the picture and lock him up somewhere in Canada because this is the worst driver on the grid as far as I'm concerned. He's also now attacking your team with his car. This is ridiculous. How is he still in Formula 1? I know the dollars. I know. I understand that. But Mm. surely someone in Aston Martin and this board for the Racing Point conglomerate can go, mate, do you want a winning team or Mm. do you just want this for your son? Because if you want this for your son, we're out. And if you want a winning team, get rid of him because the guy sucks. Everything, just at everything. This was a shocking weekend. He just couldn't, couldn't put anything together. I think the word for him is antisocial. I, mm. I wonder if anyone actually likes him on the grid. Like, back to those Lando comments, yep. he's like, he doesn't learn about these things. He seems like the rich kid showing up that has bought his way in and no one actually likes. He's just turned up. And this is in a sport of rich kids. <laughs> like, yeah, well said. Genuinely. Yeah. Like, I, he just doesn't seem to get along with anyone. I don't know. No one talks about... Hanging out, we with need him. to do. He an just seems to turn up by himself. F one special away. on dud drivers, and he's going to be the first on our list. Uh, but you're exactly right, Campy. Seriously, what what is he doing in Formula One? Well, we know what we're going to expect from him. He's going to come out and he's going to perform next race. He's had three or four really bad races. <laughs> this one from COVID, and he's going to ask it on strategy. He's going to start eleventh, fly through the mid plaque. You know, something happens to the Verstappen, and he's going to get a podium. Yeah. That's consistently what this guy does throughout all year, which give, which makes you think that oh, the, when he gets it right, he's got something to offer the team. But you know, now that now that Racing Point has stepped up, he's not in Williams anymore. That team stepped up into a genuinely top contender for the midfield, yep. best of the rest. Driving under the performances that he consistently gives out is not going to do that team any uh, good omens and get them good results. No. As I said last week. Get him out of the. Get him out. Make him understand what he's missing out for a year. Mm. You know, get the passion, get the love. He's got to deal with the media in the better way. He's doing it because oh, the kid's got. From useless. what we from what we see, he's got zero personality. He's not well respected with on the grid between the other drivers. He's definitely mm. not well respected in the community, no, and we no. would know that because every comment we get strolls you know, yeah. this and that, blah blah blah. Totally, that's not necessarily his fault. He may be an introvert in a in a weird place, but he needs to give us something yep. in order to mm. give him some credit for who he is. But I mean, you're totally right. It just it's again, but he's a frustrating driver to see on the grid in F one. But you know what? He's probably gonna be around for the next 10, 15 years, so we should probably get rid That's of it. That's how the sport works. At some stage he's gonna come through the clouds and come out smiling and we're going to get to know who he is. But it may be a product of his upbringing. We don't know. Behind closed doors with his friends, he's probably a super nice kid. You know, he's thrust into this limelight that he doesn't really, I mean, he wants to drive because he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's driving in F1. He's still in the top 1% of drivers in the whole world. But he may not, he might just, you know, he might be a super introvert. He may, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but I mean, mm. you've got to give the fans something in this sport. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, these are the conversations we're going to have to continually have about him. Yeah, and not run over your own mechanics. What's it look like next year, though, with Seb? What, is, what are we expecting? I can just see Melbourne. We're at Melbourne. The whole crowd boos him, you know, and laughs at him. You know, because you know, Aussie fans a lot, we're ruthless. And especially when this sort of stuff happens, we get it once yeah. a year. Well, you know, he'll get knocked out and the whole crowd will cheer. No one wants mm. no one wants that. No. But he's gonna get shown up by Seb anyway. So yep. yeah. Yeah, indeed. Like, but racing points seem to have yeah. uh, dropped the ball recently as well. Uh they may have hired Renault's strategist uh, halfway through this year, <laughs> it would look like. Why you would pit Checo, why Checo even bothered listening? He just turned the radio off and done his own race. He would have been better off. Um but Hamilton they really have, yeah. they had the strategy to be fair to them, and then they completely buggered it. Um, mm-hmm. But Checo 
was out of place in qualifying, wasn't he? he? Didn't it's not really where you see him, and he had a good good drive really to jump that many cars with strategy. Yes, it was traffic mm-hmm. and everything else, but you know he didn't deserve to be down there. Um, and he does what he does deserve rather is a drive well, in Formula One. Still get no, six no, no, no. after that, that was still bloody yeah. good. No, but the, he started eleventh, and that car Tire got choice. three choice of tyres. Yeah. And when, unfortunately, when Albon or Albon or Leclerc decided to do to try and get the undercut on on Danny Rick, the car in front or two cars in front of them, that made a chain reaction from that mm-hmm. fourth back to eighth place where they all had to react the very next lap. And it was probably five or six laps earlier than it should have been or what the teams optimally wanted. But that strategy-wise, that played into Racing Point's hands. Now, I'm shattered. I'm, you called I'm, it. Yeah. I'm shattered for two. Like, I've got two minds of this. I'm shattered for Perez because any other day he would have got a podium and it would have been a great result for him and his team. Again, he's on the out and he's giving him the big finger and doing it right. <laughs> on, the other, on the other side of it, where he actually finished was indicative of that car's real pace. Yep. And he probably yep. should have hired, but ended up behind the McLarens if it hadn't been for the incident. Uh, yep, I yep. mean, they should have kept him out. Yeah. I think, totally. I think track position is always going to trump oh. speed in this case. Yeah. And we'd known that from day one. I, I think they, I think they stuffed up there, but, um, your racing point even said, you know, we were surprised that the other teams didn't pit. It's like, why? You had 13 what? laps to go. And, you know, really nurse. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, but, if Danny Rick hadn't have got that podium, I would have been going, I feel really sorry for Checo, but Danny yeah. Rick got the podium, so I don't, so don't care. And Danny Rick <laughs> deserved that podium. Let's just yeah. talk about Red Bull before we talk about Renault uh, in the podium order. Uh, Albon, 15th, he really just secured his lack of Formula 1 drive by doing an unforced error, spinning there in the chicane. Uh, it was disappointing, really, for him because, Tommy, you and I were kind of, I think there's a little glimmer still in the back of our mind somewhere hoping <sighs> that he would actually put it together and, and be good, but uh, yeah, he sort of. I think I'm done. He sort of sealed his fate, hasn't and he? My mind too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. We want it. That's but... surprising. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this. He was so lucky to actually get that car to qualify into Q3. Yeah. Genuinely, he had that many times deleted. That's when you're seeing that level of inconsistency and undisciplined driving. You want like it's pretty clear why he's not doing so well this year. And there's a heap of pressure on the, the guy. Right? I don't. Totally. I can't even imagine. It would suck a lot. You know, there's only oh. young blokes still too, and there's there are so many people out there unnecessarily hating on him. Like, yes, you're not performing. That's that's a fact. Mm. But you know, telling him he's a piece of shit and whatever, all the other comments that you see around. Yeah, that that well, that's I don't a, call him. A- you know, but that's not that's I'm critical of his driving. It's unnecessary that we as a Formula One community sometimes really suck at that sort of stuff. And it's like and yeah. the, the example is yeah. Grosjean bins it, everyone laughs at him, Russell bins it, everyone's heartbroken. Like exactly the same situation and yeah. two very completely it's different things. Yeah. It sucks. So you know, it it's hard for him, and I don't want to necessarily see him go. But it's because of what we saw with uh, Sonoda in Alfa Tauri, or what we're likely to see. I should say, it means he's going to be out of Formula 1 and you can pinpoint the moment in the last couple of laps of this race. Yeah. But Red Bull are still seriously considering keeping him on the ship. They're not. They're not. No, no way. No way. Well. I don't think he'd stay on even if he uh, won the next race. I don't I think he can do enough. I saw a Horner interview and he was again this week. Yep, Karen's very good at telling Gasly the truth. said he's not. I know, I know they got form, but for a Horner to come out and say Gasly's results not that surprising, it's a way easy car to drive. Albon's doing this, 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 this way better than him. We really want him for next year because we believe in him. I'm just going. But it's I almost can see him keeping his seat. They're defending year. their own position because they kind of almost look yeah. like Muppets themselves, defending don't their they? Choice. Really? Yeah. It's, I think it's yeah. more self-preservation yeah. in that respect from him mm. than anything else, and mm-hmm. not that he needs to because he, you know, is running a. Yeah, it's a show. Formula One team. Uh, okay, well, Renault, yeah. Danny Ricciardo, third, and he was shocked, but he didn't forget the shoeys this time, which was bloody fantastic, so much so that Lewis Hamilton probably caught COVID from his boot, uh, <laughs> which uh, I know, I'm sure the alcohol would have killed it, but, geez, that was so good to see. And Renault, like, hanging off oh. the fence. If that, if there was any one oh. more person, the fence would have come down and they would have been on yeah. the track, I yeah. think. So good to see for, for them, though. But he's outperforming that car, isn't he? 
He's literally yeah. keeping him in the constructors single-handedly. Yeah. yeah. Genuinely, this guy's a star. Campy, it's the the best investment Renault's ever made. Don't you oh, think? Oh, oh, I think <laughs> I think I think Danny Rick's qualifying has set him up this year. He, he's yeah. lifted his qualifying to another mm-hmm. game. I mean, one lap in Q three nails it. I mean, he probably the confidence just, just to do one lap as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. true. I mean, I mean, if he was driving against Max, would probably be super critical of oh, where does he find that extra chance? And he's driving against a dart in Ocon, but. Is is you can see the way Danny Rick's carrying himself at the moment. He's got no weight on his shoulders, forming well, out driving mm-hmm. the car, out driving the teammate. You can see it in the media. We can see it on the TV. All his interviews. He's happy, go lucky. He knows he's going to a McLaren next year, which is probably the up and coming seat that he wanted to get to when he left Red Bull yep. with a Mercedes engine in it. He's going to be driving against Lando. He probably thinks that Lando and Ocon are the same sort of ilk. And he's he's super excited to go into next year and being a car that can get him there. Um, and everything he gets with Renault, they achieve their goals that they set out to achieve two years ago. He's got three more races and uh, he's just driving with a with a with an ease. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. think we see very often in Formula One. He certainly looks a lot happier, so, doesn't he, Tommy? Yeah. Oh. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, this just goes to show. So, in in the constructors, you've got Renault coming third, and then a point behind, and a point behind is Racing Point and McLaren. McLaren. Both of the all of the other drivers are between Ricardo and Ocon. That's how far the gap is yeah. between these two and the points hold. Goodness. That is ridiculous. Yeah. He's holding that team together single handedly, and I mean, he's unbelievable. Play. I mean, we can be critical of Ocon, but he's not getting the one lap pace. His race pace seems to have improved yep, over the last yep. three to four races. But again, in that mid-pack, because it's so tight, especially on a track like this, you can't afford to get stuck behind your two rivals in your McLarens mm. and Sergio Perez and a couple and the Kvyat's and Gasly's. I mean, you can't afford to do that because you're not going to be able to pass them because the no. machinery is so even. Yeah. But uh, he's going to have to. He's got one more year in Formula One next year, or he's out. Well, I still he's think he's going to have to take it to a two-time world champion in Fernando Alonso, well, and, and that's show that he's got something between his legs and move on. But but that's also yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how Fernando performs in this Alpine, which is going to be the exact same car as this year as a mm-hmm. uh, as a benchmark for Danny Rick, to be honest, because we're seeing yeah, yeah. how this is performing, and I, you know, they've never obviously been the same team together. Everyone rates Nando as an incredible driver. Uh, I think a lot of people just rate Danny Rick as an incredible person and then, oh, yeah, by the way, he's last of the late breakers or, or whatever buzzwords they yeah. want to use. But he genuinely is quick over one lap. Put him in a Mercedes for the last Ooh. little while instead of Lewis Hamilton and he would have absolutely trounced it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. He could, that movie made around the outside of Magnuson oh, was oh, oh, just... Oh. No, Magnuson was slow, but to go around the outside, late break, trail break right into it, and then it was lovely to watch. It was a beautiful game. And he, I mean, millimetres in it before Kevin Magnuson had taken him out. One of the true overtakes of that race, to be honest. There wasn't much. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it was so good to see, and and he deserves it. Of course he does, because we love him. Uh, Okay, well, let's talk about Mercedes. Uh, It just... This has to be the luckiest person in Formula oh, 1, doesn't he, in Lewis Hamilton? Uh, not to take away from the yeah. fact that he can drive, but VB yeah, no, is probably yeah. the unluckiest person in Formula 1 at the oh, moment. Uh, we're talking about earlier, Campy, you said, you know, Lewis wants to be challenged and pushed. I mean, how much more challenged and pushed do you want when VB pulls out those lap times in quali? Do you know what oh, I mean? Like, it wasn't his fault man. that Sebastian Vettel decided... Well, he was running Ferrari Aero. That's why he sucked so much uh, for most of <laughs> well, the race. I, well, I don't Good. think we realised how much... Much, I don't think we realised how much until we understood that he had an issue yeah. with his aero, how many, um, how much downforce he lost. That's ultimately why he locked up and made the mistake yeah. in the nine, which allowed Verstappen to get past him. But Valtteri, I mean, he's performing. He's, he's getting it right. He's just putting all those good luck chips in his bank for next year, yeah, I think. So I don't true, think yeah. he cares what happens this year. All those good luck chips get in his bank. I mean, but for Lewis, we all called it too. Yeah. As soon as Lewis decided to stay along, I was like, like no. and I, there was four other people in the chat that said, I'll oh, just wait, a yellow flag will come out. Now, to Michael Massey, you absolute dickhead. That car was three quarters of the way off the track 
and so far out of position. I understand you've got to call the virtual safety car out in order to keep the people that are on track work trying to get Ocon's car off the track safe. But it was out for half a lap. The job was three quarters done and then you called it in. Yeah. You gifted a race to Lewis Hamilton, which was sick of seeing him win. <laughs> to be honest, oh. he had the 28-second gap. He, I think he had the work pretty much yeah, done. Yeah, but sure, just there's a couple it. of seconds, though, you know, yeah, like anything could have happened. Yeah. This, like the VSC, the fact that it turned on just before, like he was, oh, I was like, oh, the VSC's yeah. on. Right, oh, here I go. And then, yeah. oh, VSC ending. Oh, he's just leaving the pit lane. Great. So, like, no one else is able to take advantage of that, yeah. just him. Seriously, I mean, I think it's a bit unfair to say that Lewis wouldn't have got it done. He had he had the gap. Oh, I reckon he was, it, this just get, gifted it to him but like, I, and just confirmed I think it. Though, if, yeah. But I'd rather see him go into the pits. His team totally. at one point oh, one second. Yeah, make it more stop. interesting because he's on cold tires too. So yeah, three would have made them. I mean, that's what uh, we're talking about here. Yeah, it's uh, it just seems I mean, a little bit right place, right time. Yeah, yeah right place, right time, isn't so, it? It's just such a shame for VB. Also, Lewis completely blanked Tiffany Cromwell, and if you blank an Australian. Watch out. Say hello to her next time when you're celebrating. Jeez. And VB, we love she you, She was grazing him too. Oh, she was grazing the whole time when the podium was like, oh, you know, Toto was there, was like, yeah, this is really great. And behind oh, she was Stand like, by your man. That's what you wanted a woman right there. Just shitty at the world because he didn't get the win. Tiffany, oh, you have his F1's 100% oh, support. And of course, yep. uh, love that. Maybe we get on the podcast one one day. Uh, well, look, huge congratulations to Mercedes for securing that, even if it was VB or Lewis. Uh, look, they deserve it. Toto deserves it. And, and you know, James yep. Allison's done a magnificent job there as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of the year and, and where they decide to go with Toto and what he sort of has in terms of involvement going forward. Well, boys, yep. the Fantasy League, of which Campy probably doesn't care about, uh, but uh, Tommy happy. T should care less oh, about. I was going to use my Mega Driver this weekend, but... Who are you going to use it on, on, Lewis? I should use my I forgot to do it. Yes. I was going to do it Friday night, but there was no practice, so... There you go. Uh, Genuinely, let's talk about that quickly. Uh, just a two-day weekend. Yes, two-day weekend. Kind of into it. Well, it was short, sharp and shiny, wasn't it? Yeah, to be honest, I, I like didn't have movie. to worry about it. Can't be missed Fridays. He likes Fridays. Yeah, yeah I like Fridays. I like Fridays I like too. Immersing to myself in yeah, the whole thing. I'm, I'm with you, Campy. We've got 23 races next year. That's going to take Oof. its toll yeah. on a lot of the teams. So, you know, the middle of these triple headers have a two ha- two header weekend, a two day weekend. In the middle of a triple header, it works for me. Yep. More than merrier. Yeah, couldn't agree. And do it on track I just, I just like to see teams come out with less data, less practice under their belts. Just throw a spanner in the work. See if they can perform on just one I practice. mean, it's hard I for a track like Imla when you haven't been here for so long. And it's kind of like, the worst one to do it on, to be honest. Well, you're correct. But if we, right. did, if we did it in Spain, fair enough. We've been oh, there right. enough. And that's, but that's the point. Like, you don't yeah. necessarily need a Friday in somewhere like Silverstone or Monza yeah. or Spa because you've been there, you know, forever, basically. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And the data's there. We, we yeah. can drive it on the simulators, all those kind of things. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. The only thing about a three-day weekend that's worse is that you get more commentators, more former drivers who are apparently the best people to be presenting to camera. I still don't oh, understand right. that. Paul DeResta. Just, give me a break. You've come Who's out next? again. You've come Who's out again two weeks in a row. Jensen Buttons has been the best oh, one to come out. We can get more JB. He's nowhere near the cameras anymore. He's gone back to the US. Come back to the UK, please, he's Jensen. We miss you. Okay, well, let's talk about the Fantasy League. Uh, some great team names again. Here's a couple. Uh, Ginger Spice Horner, Jay Lauder. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get my Fikon. Ah, Redden. You spin me. You spin oh, my bell right around. Really good. Adams, love that. Good. Uh, you got to say this really quickly, so Seabridge, I'm probably going to stuff this for you. Antonio, gee, he's not fast, is he? <laughs> kind of sounds like Giovinazzi, doesn't it? <laughs> Dave Munnis just every week, mate. You, every I week. should have Oz F1 oh, powered by Dave Munnis's <gasps> fantasy oh, league mate. name. Have you been injured at work <laughs> by Lance Stroll? <laughs> 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 and Emil out of luck. 
Hey, Moral. Love that. Uh, the top three oh, haven't changed the last good. three weeks. Uh, I think you three are probably going to be uh, all hail Danny Rickard Moxley. 2,750 yes. points. I ran out of funny names. <laughs> You've smashed it the last little while. 2,652. Oh, and well. Timmy Bowden, uh, 2,599 in third. Love that. Campy, you're coming 23rd, mate. You're going uh, further away. Um, I seem I to be... I was 25th last week. Uh, were you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. You are getting better. That's I was trying to put you off. Uh, How do you remember no. that? <laughs> yeah, I don't care about fantasy. Goes logs nah. in and just looks at all of the bloody data. He's just talking to Roman Grosjean going on it. some more yeah. data. Give it to me. Exactly. Uh, Tommy T, good news for your team that you still don't have access to. It's gaining uh, up up the Love ladder. That. And I think it's because the team I do have access to only has half of the team because <laughs> I was planning on making a big move and it didn't come oh, off. No, that went really Where's well. Where's my boy Harry? Uh, you'll have to go and have a look, mate. That's uh, that's all to look there. Look, if you if you have joined, uh, thank you. There's about 67 of us at, at the moment. We love it. It's, it's genuinely love it. Love it. the best part of my Monday is going through and, and seeing how you've updated the names. A lot of Aussies, uh, it's great to have that support, but there's people from the US and Canada and the UK as well, and shout-outs to all of you. Um, this, is a, US. this is a great... Shout out to Texas. This is a great uh, review because... <laughs> A couple of months ago, we had this review and it was uh, your ill-informed rants, Campy, and of your uninspired <laughs> geopolitical analysis. Um, it's still true. So, which is still <laughs> true, but uh, K, uh, KLDW, <laughs> you have changed it to a five-star. And uh, I just want to say thank Great. you. On, like, genuinely, we have yeah. spent a bit of time trying to make this podcast better. We're going to make it even better again. And when we have better cameras and we're a little bit out of isolation, at least for you two boys, we'll, we'll make that work. Uh, but five-star, I love that um, you love it too. And uh, also from Denmark, Pal18, great reviews, fun laughs. Nice to get fun and no compromised Formula One reviews. Well, that is an understatement, I think. <laughs> no compromised. That's Campy's life motto, no compromise. Uh, big big fans of DR, of course, and uh, Kimi Raikkonen. So that's always good. Love it. I love that we're all over the world as well. We, we charted all over the place. We're in Israel. Uh, we're in the UK, the US, Germany, Spain, here, New Zealand. It's crazy. It's, it's epic. So... Genuinely, if you're listening, it's staggering. It's, it's genuinely staggering. It's, it's awesome to be here. We love that you guys get involved. Uh, the Discord chat is growing every race weekend. A couple more people join, uh, which is just becoming a little bit of mayhem when something happens. There's like 30 messages all at once, but I love it. And Care behaves it because he's delayed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, Daniel Ricardo is like, he's like, no, I can't. Why? I don't Shut understand. Care going to have to get Fox oh. out. But it's awesome. Now. It's yeah. awesome. Hey, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks very much. Uh, subscribe we, uh, we, we'll do some more video content which will be shorter format and if you've watched the entire podcast on YouTube well good for you because you are a legend it's a long time How? looking at the three of us uh, but yeah, we love I'm it. not sure my face is ahead for video but uh, we just need to get a better camera and some green skins behind you mate and we'll no, just, then uh, you'll see soften, more we'll soften you up yeah. we'll soften you up and you'll see how wide my shoulders really are <laughs> prepping uh, but hopefully we can get into the Australian Grand Prix we'll get some content there for you as well but uh, boys as always absolute pleasure doing this with you thank you so much for listening to Oz F1 thanks you to the boys at Entente as well for all the music as always don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't already boys we will see you in a fortnight's time at Turkey Good stuff. Right. Oh, I'm on 6%. Yeah, I was like, we need to finish because I guarantee you Campy's going to shut down at some point. Quick, save your Reaper file. Oh, no, you can plug yeah. back in now, eh? Sports Social Podcast Network.